Oh, my. You got to love kids, huh? You know, one of the things you got to love about kids are that kids just tell it like it is. You know, it doesn't matter. They don't really have a, a filter, you know, that they run things through. They just kind of say whatever, whatever that comes to their mind, whether that's to you or, or somebody you're talking to or sometimes even to God. Um, I saw last week I was reading these kids' prayers that kids wrote to their, for their teachers. I just thought this was really great. Throw that first one up on the screen for me. Dear God, I want to be just like my daddy when I get big, but not with so much hair all over. <laughs> That's just being honest. Throw that next one up there. Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? <laughs> Throw the next one up there. Did you really mean do unto others as they do unto you? Because if you did, then I'm going to fix my brother. <laughs> one more. This is my best one. Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the world. There are only four people in my family, and I can never do it. <laughs> now, how many of you understand that last one completely? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids just say what all the rest of us are thinking. Well, that last one's really important because if you ask the question, what's Christmas all about anyway? What, what is this big day all about? You can sum it up in one word, love. Everybody say that word with me, love. Christmas is all about love. That's why we're celebrating today. Throw that scripture up on the screen for me. John three sixteen. read it with me, church. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Pastor Steve, what in the world was it that would cause God to send his son from heaven to earth to this wild, dark, evil place? Why would he do it? Again, you come back, it's one word. God loves us that much. Look at me. God loves you that much. You know, when I, was, when I was sitting with this last week and just really thinking about that love, there were some, a few things that just kind of jumped out at me that I, I just want to share. And I want you to just take this home for this week and just camp on these eyes this Christmas about the great love of God. Are you ready? Here's the first thought. God wants to be with us. Let that sink in for a second. God wants to be with us. You know, up until the time of Jesus, they always thought of God as this untouchable, unreachable, unknowable deity that's out there somewhere. But God came in the flesh, not just so that we could know him, but that he could be with us. That's what he really wants. I, I saw this story. I just thought this was, this was so cool. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. It's a family the, the Vaughn family, that's Hal Vaughn on the, on the left there, his wife Kimberly on the far side, and their, their daughter Pierce in the middle. Um, great family, they love each other dearly, it's a really a close-knit family, and uh, they all cheered for Pierce when she finally had her dream come true. Throw that next picture up on the screen. She got to become a flight attendant. That was her dream. And her dad, she got a job working for Delta, and her father actually went to Atlanta and was there and got to pin the wings on, on, her, on her vest and as she celebrated this passage. 
And it was, there was a really exciting, except one of the things kind of happens to you as a parent when your kids do things like that is they didn't realize how much she would have to be gone as a flight attendant. Kind of like that really never showed up on their radar. And here's this close enough family. What they really weren't prepared for is the fact that holidays were really big for them. You could see the way they dressed in that first picture. You know, they made a big deal out of family gatherings, particularly Christmas. And you can imagine how devastated they were when they discovered that Pierce was actually going to have to work on Christmas Day. She was going to have to leave the day before Christmas. She was going to be flying on Christmas Day and the day after. And uh, a few days before, when they were all at home together, Kimberly and, and Hal began to talk about how sad it was for them that their daughter was going to be cross-country somewhere in a hotel all by herself for Christmas. And they decided... They just couldn't live with that. Well, one of them had to stay home because they had so many animals. But Hal decided, if you can imagine this, Hal decided to get a ticket on every single flight that Pierce had on Christmas Day and the day after. Let that sink in for a second. Every single flight. Now, full disclosure, parents of flight attendants get a fly for free. <laughs> That's a big savings. But with Christmas, as you can imagine, they, they weren't sure if he'd even, because he you have to fly standby when you're flying like that. And so they weren't sure. When they told Pierce, she was beside herself happy. So on the day before Christmas, Howe and Pierce flew to uh, Detroit, which is where she was based out of. And then on Christmas Day, the hardest flight that they figured he would have to get on would be the one from Detroit to Fort Myers, Florida. Everybody wants to get out of Detroit. You can imagine that and head to Fort Myers. But he made it. He was the last person on that flight, and he got there, and he got to Fort Myers, and then they flew back to Detroit, and then later that day, they flew from Detroit to Hartford, Connecticut, and they spent the night, had dinner together, spent the night, and then were able to fly back to Detroit, and eventually made it home again. He gave up those two days. Why? Because he wanted to be with her. But please don't miss this. God wants to be with you. You know, so often when, when I talk to people about what Christianity is all about, people think that it's about following rules and regulations and it's about do's and don't. Look, look at me, please don't miss this. It's not at all. God came from heaven to earth as Jesus Christ for the sole purpose of beginning a relationship with us. That's what it's all about. Throw that passage of scripture up on the screen for me, would you? All of this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. He will give birth to a son. Read it with me. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Pastor Steve, what's, what's Christmas really all about? It's about the fact that God loves you so very much. He came from heaven to earth to reveal himself to you and to invite you into a personal relationship with him. Secondly, one of the things that hit me was the fact that God, God wants to help and heal us. He wants to help and heal us. Um, you know, and again, that kind of gets goes against kind of counterculture to how we how we think about God. You know, I always tell people I grew up in a 
in a church, uh, a very conservative church back east. And uh, the, the way I heard people talk about God, I always thought God was mad at me. Now, full disclosure, not because I didn't give God plenty of things that he could be mad at me about. I did. But that, that was what I thought about the nature of God. But that, that's not true at all. God, God has this desire to help us and to heal us. I love how Jesus describes it. Throw it up on the screen. John, from John 10.10, 10, Jesus was talking about the difference between what the enemy wants to do and what he's come to do. And look what it says. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. We do it with me, church. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Did you get that? I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Nobody wants you to live an abundant life more than the God who made you. Christ walked among us as a helper and a healer. And I think sometimes we have a hard time with that. Remind me, there was a, a story again in the news some years back that I just I thought was so fascinating. Uh, over in New Zealand, there was a, one of these sheep ranches that had uh, like thousands of sheep. And every year they bring these sheep in and they, they shear them. They get that wool off of them and they actually, they sell the wool, but it's good for the sheep too. And uh, one particular year, uh, one of the sheep just decided, I'm not getting sheared this year. And so the sheep, when they brought the sheep in, one of them just kind of skedaddled off on their own. Now, they didn't really miss him at first because again, if I remember, there were like 17,000 sheep in this herd. And so they didn't really miss him at first, but when they, when they brought the sheep back out after the shearing, they noticed that there was a sheep uh, up, up on the mountain away from them that they spotted that still had a lot of wool. But when they went to get him, he wasn't there. He kept evading them. And for, for months it went by, they, they couldn't catch up with it. The next year, same thing. For six years this sheep evaded the, the, the shepherds who were trying to catch up with him. And uh, they called him Shrek, which I thought was a great name. They called him Shrek, like the animated character, because he was just so elusive and, and all this kind of stuff. And he just couldn't find They found him. He was actually living in a cave. Can you imagine what a sheep would look like after six years of not being sheared? It looks like this. Throw it up there. Poor Shrek, he, he was, had so much wool on him, he, he couldn't hardly see. It was hard for him to eat. And, he, and, and you, again, it was very, very unhealthy. I mean, you can't get all the bugs and all the stuff out of him. And, and so they finally were able to, able to get him, and then they brought him in. They sheared, can you imagine this? They sheared 60 pounds of wool off of him. Maybe you could make a nice blanket out of 60 pounds of wool. Throw that next picture up on the screen. This is what Shrek looked like when he was... Look at that, look at that handsome guy. Now, look at me. This is our story. Because often when, when we feel the nudge of God or, or begin to feel God's spirit working and we start feeling that tug, sometimes what happens is that we, we get afraid and we start running from God. We don't, we don't want God to, to mess with us. We're afraid of what he's gonna say. We're afraid of what he's gonna do. You, you'll get this. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you're afraid of doctors? Yeah, through. how many are afraid of dentists? Yeah, yeah. How many of you have been through physical therapy before? How many of you have had a, a knee replaced or a hip replaced and had to go physical therapy? Can we see your hands? Yeah. How many of you would be honest enough to admit you actually cussed your physical therapist under your breath? You didn't hear. 
Why? Physical therapists make us do things we don't want to do. You know, there are those guys, when I got my knee replaced two years ago, and I, and I said, You're gonna, they're going to get physical therapy. I thought physical therapy was somebody doing all the work for me. It's not. It's like having a fitness trainer. You know, a guy who you pay money to tell you how to work your body over. And I'm like, how about you give me 50 bucks and I'll tell you what to do for a while, you know? But, that, but why are they doing that? It's all because those physical therapists are trying to make us healthy. Look at me, don't miss this. God wants you to be the absolute best version of the person you can become. So when God draws near to you and God starts nudging you, trust me, it's to help you, it's to heal you, it's to make you whole. Can I give you one more? Out of his love, God wants to transform us. He wants to transform us. You know, a lot of us come from pasts that we're not really proud of. Lots of us come from places that we really need God to do some work in. We, we need change. And if we're honest, we find it hard to make those changes all on our own. Um, another great story. Some of you Kansas City fans might, might remember. Throw that picture up on the screen. Uh, Bryce Singer, uh, in there in the middle, he played uh, baseball for the University of Florida and he got drafted by the Royals in uh, 2018. And uh, he was real excited when he signed a contract and he got a, got a nice signing bonus for uh, joining professional baseball. He's a pitcher. And, uh, and that Christmas of 2018, he began to think about his mom and dad. And he began to think about all those years that his mom and dad supported him while he was playing baseball as a kid, how they took him to games and they made sure he got to practice, how they made sure he had the gear. He knew his parents had sacrificed so much time, energy and money for him through the years. And he thought to himself, you know, now that I finally made it to the big leagues, I really wanna do something nice for them. So here's what he did that very first Christmas with his signing bonus. Throw that next picture up on the screen. This is, this is his parents sitting there on Christmas Day. He handed them a letter that she read out loud. You can actually go on YouTube and listen to her read it. But she read this letter out loud where he basically expressed his deep love for them, his deep appreciation for, all, for them. And then he says in the letter, I have paid off your mortgage. I have paid off every debt that you have. He had a $4 million signing bonus, and with it, he paid off every single thing. He said, now you can finally, after now that I'm out of your hair, you can actually use your own money for yourselves. Wow. How many of you would love to have a son one day that would just pay off all your debt for you? <laughs> well, we have a father who did that. When we talk about trans transformation, it's about the fact that this God sent his one and only son to take care of this past that we have. Throw that, throw that uh, scripture up on the screen for me. When they were talking about Jesus, they said, you will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means God saves. 
What does that mean? It means exactly this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you've lived, how many sins you have in your life. I don't care how many failures you've got or what your past is like. Here's the deal. The Bible says when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said, it is finished. You know what that means literally? Paid in full. Jesus Christ paid for your past with his sacrifice. But there's more. It's not just about where you've been. It's about where you're going to go from here. Throw that passage up on the screen. Paul was writing to the Romans and he said, you know, just like Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, read it with me, church. Now we also may live new Lives. In other words, Christ didn't come just to forgive you of your past and wipe it clean. He also came so that you could live differently going forward. How many of you heading into the new year hope that you live this new year differently than you did this last year? Absolutely. And here's the deal. You can by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love the fact that God not only wipes away our past, but he works with us to shape us into brand new people. I had a pastor friend of mine who was telling me, just a great story a few years back, talking about a, a Sunday school teacher that they had that worked with little kids. And one particular class, they, they had the kids drawing pictures. And, you know, most kids aren't really that good at drawing. And uh, one little kid got really frustrated because he was trying to draw a picture of his, of his house and his family and his yard, and it just wasn't going really well. And he finally got so frustrated, he came up to the teacher with the picture, and he said, this is horrible. He goes, I, I want to just tear it up and start all over again. And Renee, the was the teacher's name, Renee said, no. Let's sit down together and do something with this. And she so sat down with him with this sheet of paper and she told him what to do and he kind of drew in a few things that made his own picture a little better. And she said, let, let me help you too. And she took her pen and she began to draw in some clouds and drew in a sun and drew in some trees and drew some things to dress it all up. And by the time she was done, this little kid was looking at his picture. He's going, this is great, this is great. Something he was ready to throw away, she made into something great. And that's what God wants to do. You know, it doesn't matter what's behind you. God wants to help you take your life and to shape it into something beautiful and something magnificent. Amen? You bet. Pastor Steve, what's Christmas all about? It's about love. It's about the love of a God who wants to have a relationship with you. A God who wants to help you and heal you. A God who out of his love and power wants to transform you. Would you open your heart to that tonight? I'm going to ask my candlelighters if you guys would go ahead and come. And just a minute, Rachel's going to lead us in singing that beautiful old song, Silent Night, Holy Night. And you know, the last one of the, one of the verses of that song says, Son of God, love's 
pure light. And tonight, we're going to light our candles here, and then while we're singing, our candle lighters are going to walk down the aisles, and we're going to light the ones on the end. We want you to just pass it down the aisle if you would. But here's what I want you to do. As you receive that light tonight, would you just open your heart and mind to what God wants to do in you? If you've never experienced his love before, if you've never had that transforming love of God in your heart, tonight, would you just open yourself to that? For some of us maybe that have been kind of in and out of our relationship with God and we, we've been in and we've fallen back and we've tried, maybe as we're thinking about this new year, this is a beautiful time just to say, Lord, I want you to possess me like never before. Draw near to me, God. Help me and heal me, Lord. Transform me by your love. Our Father, we, as we hold these candles in our hand, we're reminded that you said, I am the light of the world. Lord, thank you tonight. Thank you that if Christmas is about anything, that it's about love. Thank you that you chose to come to us when we couldn't reach you. Thank you that you're able to do for us the things that we can't do for ourselves. Lord, there's a, a lot of times we, we become afraid of you. A lot of times we don't really understand you. And a lot of times when we feel your nudge or we feel like we're drawing close, we often run and hide like Shrek because we're so afraid of what you might want to do. But Lord, what you want to do is to be with us. More than anything else, you want a loving relationship with each and every one. You want to help us. You want to heal us. And you want to transform us into the people that we are becoming, uh, able, wanting to become. So Father, tonight, we, we lift our hearts before you. And I pray, Lord, that you would stretch out your hand of grace to each one of us. I pray that you would help the light of your love burn in our lives like never before. Lord, make this Christmas a little different this year. Help us to think a little bit more about you and a little bit less about ourselves. And may the light of your love not only flow into us, may it flow through us to a world that desperately needs to know that you love them too. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen.